Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and we are back with season five. Whoop, whoop. If you can't tell, I'm pretty jazzed about it. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. I was off podcasting for about three months. I hope everyone out there had a great three months. I guess that's basically fall. I hope you all had a great fall. I had a great fall. I, I took some time for myself to catch up to the reality of this um, pandemic situation, get myself settled into whatever new normal was facing me on any given day. <laughs> As we all know, normal has changed almost weekly. But anyway, I'm doing good. <laughs> I also took the time to do some serious back-end work on the podcast, and I'm so excited to be sharing that with you guys right now. So one of the biggest, most visible changes is the website. If you head on over to theexpatcast.com, you will see my beautiful new website full of all of the episodes that I've put out, plus some blog posts and plus some extra information about the show. It's just so much easier to navigate and find that great information and find your favorite episodes and share it around, etc. It's also easier than ever to leave a rating. You can do that right on the website if you don't want to do it on your podcast app or if you can't do it on your podcast app. And I also added a feature where you can support the show so you can either donate via PayPal and that's going to go directly to helping me maintain the costs behind this show. So things like equipment or website hosting fees, things like that. Um, or you can buy me a coffee if you just want to say, hey, Nicole, great work. Thanks for everything that you're doing. And here, treat yourself. I will happily accept either and both. <laughs> and that, along with everything else I mentioned, is on my website. So once again, that is theexpatcast.com. I've also been really busy recording a bunch of episodes. I've already got a good handful lined up for you guys that I've just been sitting on for a while now, and I'm so excited to be getting them out. Which brings us to today's episode. I'm so jazzed to be kicking off the season with Hannah from Travels by Teslin. You guys might know her from Instagram, from TikTok, from her Gluevine map of Hamburg, which went pretty viral this holiday season. Or you might know her from something else because this girl is doing it all. She's one of my personal favorite expat in Germany creators, and I was really excited to sit down and get to talk to her. Turns out we have a ton in common. And it was really cool to get to know more about the woman behind the content. For instance, I didn't know that she had such a thriving career in her day job, and I didn't know exactly what steps she'd taken to get herself to Germany, and, and just so much more. So we talk about all of that in the episode, which let's dive right into. All right, here it is. Enjoy. I'm Hannah. A lot of people know me as Hannah Teslin. I'm from Canada, from British Columbia. Now I live in Germany in the beautiful north city of Hamburg. I've been in Hamburg just about seven years. So how, how did that happen? What happened seven years ago that brought you over to Hamburg? Well, I'll rewind like way back. So when I was a kid, like my dad would always talk about his backpacking travels in Europe. And I was always so excited by his stories, his bedtime stories. And obviously that inspired me even to study tourism in university and eventually take my own Europe trip with some of my best friends. We were traveling for two months. And at the end, we actually went to a music festival 
Tomorrowland, which is quite famous in 2012, it was still possible to get tickets. The first night I met a lovely German guy and um, we kept in touch. And actually he inspired my move to Germany, which started in 2013, where I went to the Cologne Business School and, and then officially moved to Hamburg in 2015 after testing that relationship out. Then, yeah, I was since in Hamburg since yeah June 2014. Wow. So did you do it all right after college? Actually, on the time when I was traveling in Europe, I was on like a like a gap year because I was just not that motivated in university anymore. And then uh, when I met the guy, I mean, you know, what's more inspiring than meeting a man and being like, I'm going to move to Europe. I had to, I knew <laughs> I had to finish my degree before I decided to move across the world. So I actually found a study abroad program. I went back to school and finished half of my last year in Germany and the other half back in Nanaimo, where I was originally studying. What did you get your degree in? Tourism management and also a, like a minor in event management. Okay, but that seems like a good choice. I mean, not that you knew it when you started out, but that seems like a good choice for an international move because, yeah, of course, yeah. tourism, that works in many different places. <laughs> yeah, it, and it, it worked really well. My, my first job in Hamburg was actually, I was managing a tourism website for booking cruises so i had like a team lead position where i helped with creating all the content for the website so that i've definitely used my degree and now my actual main job is events well global event manager and marketing manager for a software company so i've used my degree pretty well i'd say <laughs> it really helped yeah, me that's that's really great because so many people, especially in situations like yours, and I'll say mine too, like when you move for love, you're you're not moving for your career, right? So it's more like typically your career has to adjust to to fit into this new plan for your life. I'm glad for you that your field was was more flexible and that you were able to actually like you didn't have to sacrifice this thing that you wanted for your career in order to make the the move for love. Um, and you were able to do both. So that is pretty cool. Yes. And honestly, like even my mom says, Hannah, you have not been able to find the kind of jobs you got in Germany and Canada. Like they would have been asking for years of experience, which I didn't have. And actually both of the jobs I got was because of my experience and my skills, but also because I'm a native English speaker. And that was a key thing for these jobs. And if you think about the pool of people in Hamburg who are native English speakers with this kind of tourism management background, it's quite small. So you have a, yeah, actually you have a good market when it comes to that. <laughs> Do you have to speak German at work at all? No. So a lot of my colleagues speak German to me and uh, I do my best sometimes to speak German back, but since I'm in a global position, I'm actually managing marketing for 20 countries. My job's in English, so I'm super lucky, but at the same time, not very lucky because my German does not improve at all, <laughs> ever, yeah. because I never have to speak it. Um, most of my friends are English speakers or prefer to speak English, so it's, it's a struggle for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and I think one of the most common misconceptions with cross-cultural relationships is, oh, well, you moved for a German guy, you're going to learn German really well. Like you have someone right there who's going to help you learn it. Not the case. Like that is so, for most no. people, ends up not being true. <laughs> it's like either you get it because you, like you learn German because you have to for work or you don't. And then it's just really hard. Like it's, it, you just have to force it somehow. And yeah, it's not so easy, especially in a big city like Hamburg where it's so international. There's so much 
English speaking around. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a curse actually to have English as your first language. Like in relationships, once you start in one language, it's very hard to switch. And most of my friends that have German partners continue to speak English with their partners. I think there's just one couple who can do both languages. And I think that's amazing. But they also own a business together. So they have to work in German a lot together too. So yeah, it's super, super hard. So if you're if you're dating a German, just like try to speak German. It's my biggest tip. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you move over in what you said 2015 officially and then you found this great job and like yeah, what has life looked like over over those years? It's been really crazy. I mean, the first 2 years in Germany was kind of hard because I was really new. I didn't have a lot of friends, just just my boyfriend at the time and I was really just trying to do as best as I could at my work. And that was my main focus. But then once I got more comfortable at work, I was at my first company for three years. I really started to expand my social network and started to go to more meetup events and stuff. And actually ended up making a lot of friends. So I've had a core group of girlfriends since 2015. And we actually all met originally because our boyfriends were German so we had kind of that underlying connection and something to complain about because um, <laughs> we all went through the same like dating a German struggles yeah when I got the new job my life changed completely because I was suddenly from this job which was mainly on the computer to all of a sudden flying around Europe um, going to all the main cities, putting on these events for my company. And, you know, I was in 40 flights in 2018. So wow. <laughs> it was crazy. All of a sudden I was like, holy, I have an amazing <laughs> job. Like this is not something I would never dream of. Someone being paying me to go and stay in nice hotels and plan events and being wined and dined and everything. Like it was dream come true. Um, and since then, I've even started like a meetup group for, for women who also are in international positions and career focused because when I moved to Germany, a lot of people who move to Germany for a partner don't necessarily try to improve their career. They kind of take what they can or don't get a job at all and just, you know, make babies and that's okay. But that's, that was never me. I've always been a super ambitious person. So I've really made the most of my time living in Europe that way. Yeah, it's been super busy, except I mean, this year hasn't been. <laughs> I'm an event manager and events and uh, travel are two things which aren't really good right now. So it's been yeah. interesting. So I've had to busy myself in other things. <laughs> Well, okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, it's not like you've been twiddling your thumbs because I am no. like, so impressed by you. Like I, you have a day job, which I'm here, like the more I hear about, it, I'm like, this is so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, but you also have like 12 other projects and things that you're doing. So you are the TikTok queen. You've got this awesome Instagram and blog. Yeah. Tell us about all of your other side hustles. Yeah. Sometimes I even have issues like remembering them all because I've been like, I think, I don't know if it's a ADHD I have ever been diagnosed, but I always have a lot of ideas and then I try to do everything and somehow they're all kind of intertwining together. So I'll start like, on the social media side of things. So on social media, um, I'm with the co-owner of the Facebook group, Expats in Hamburg. So there's 15,000 people in there and that's actually takes a lot of time just monitoring that group. But it's also like a lot of people know me from it because you know I'm often posting community things and events. 
And then from that, I have a meetup group, which I mentioned before about career-driven ladies in Hamburg. And then, yeah, my Instagram, which has grown a lot more lately because of my TikTok, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which I just started during the pandemic because I was bored at home, like a lot of us were. I downloaded the TikTok app and I was so entertained by it. And I saw some woman in the Netherlands talking about her life in the Netherlands as an expat. And I was like, I can do that too. And I made one video just about why as a Canadian, I live in Germany and the benefits of it. Because a lot of people ask me that, like, you're from Canada, why would you leave that place? And I'm like, you know what? There's many reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> I made a video about that and it went viral. And then I made another video and it went viral. And I was like, hey, this is, this is actually really fun. I've got 15,000 followers on TikTok and it's crazy just how much I've been exposed just from that app and how much more I feel included in the German community because a good percentage of my followers are actually German people who think it's funny to learn about Germany from a Canadian perspective. Like as an expat in Hamburg, I don't actually have so many German friends, but on this app, so many people follow me and interact with my content. It's really made me feel like more integrated. And so many people have said like, oh, you're one of us now, Hannah. Like we love it. Oh. And also you have to be super careful with what you say too, because Germans can quite get a bit defensive on some of the things. So I have to always be gentle or make things a joke. Oh, is there anything that you've said that's really set them off? Oh, yeah. I, there was this one video that was a joke about, like, uh, you probably felt this too when you're in a group of Germans and they all can speak English fine. And you're the only non-German speaker. They know you're German shitty and they just continue to speak German with you. And I get the situation. Yeah, you're in Germany and you should be able to speak German. But also, I, as a, like, with my job, I travel to countries all over Europe and especially in the Northern European countries, whenever I'm in a situation of a group of Danish speakers or Swedish speakers, they always switch to English for me and are very inclusive. But I've seen it many times in Germany, especially people who are new in Germany, like people who have visited the office or come to parties who are just visiting, the Germans don't switch to English. And <laughs> I got so annoyed with this. So I made a video on there. Yeah, it was very two-sided. There was the inclusive German community that were like, yeah, of course we should switch to English. Like, you guys are welcome here. And other people being like, you're in German, they you should speak German. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a touchy topic, I guess. <laughs> I'm like a little drama queen over here. I'm like, I want you to make all of the videos to poke at their buttons. Just <laughs> watch all the Actually, I'm going to do a film a video about like culture shocks as a North American in Germany. And I'm going to talk about the thing when you're at a restaurant and you order water. <laughs> <laughs> and you just want a glass of tap water you don't want to pay for it it comes from the tap and they're like nine no like what do you want it with bubbles or without bubbles and you're like no I just want it from the tap they're like so you mean mineral water and you're like no no <laughs> <laughs> they're very opinionated about their water which is also wild because the quality of the tap water is very good quality water and then they lug these bottles like you know there's no elevators in most of the old buildings in germany and then they just lug like the package of six um zelter waters up the stairs and from the grocery store and i'm like why yeah. <laughs> it's so much <laughs> <big> effort <laughs> i'm surprised actually that you said there's so many germans that follow you on tiktok because i i'll be honest i'm like a total oma over here like i'm a little grandma i don't know 
much about TikTok. Like I know what it is, but I've never interacted with it really other than seeing some things that people repost to Instagram. And my impression, at least here in like Southwest Germany, like people are maybe a little bit less cosmopolitan and like cutting edge, but like most people I know don't use it um, either because they don't know about it or because they are um, worried about Datenschutz, about data protection. Yeah, yeah um, that's but a typical German. That there's actually Germans on it. That's awesome. Oh, there's tons of Germans and there's so much German content as well. And actually, like the people who follow me, I would I wouldn't even say like are mainly like young people. I have a lot of followers who are in like their 40s or 50s who are just <laughs> like, there's a lot of different kinds of people on TikTok. It can be scary too, but it's a it's the new app, you know? It's it's just it's just coming on the tail of Instagram. So you should get on yeah. it because it's, it's quite a good platform. I've heard it's fun. So it's okay. So for anyone who doesn't, who literally doesn't know anything about it, can you explain? Yeah. So basically it's just a platform for short videos and the, most of the comp- content are like, is super relatable or you learn something so videos that do really well are stuff that people can like relate to on their daily lives it's not like instagram where you just follow people and you get what you follow based on like who you're following like tiktok literally will shoot content at you and test it on you to see if you like it like i've literally even like given videos that are about bees and i'm like okay I like this video about bees and I'll like it. And then, you know, I'll get some more videos about bees. So like, it literally, it also knows you very, very well and what you're into. And so it's very, it's a platform that is very curated to things that you engage in outside of TikTok. So it's a bit scary sometimes when it comes to data, but in a way, it's just like very good entertainment that literally like will reflect how your life is on the app. When I was going through a breakup, I kept getting all these videos about other women and like, about heartbreak and how they healed themselves and I was like how does TikTok even know <laughs> like it just it just knows TikTok knows all yeah was it helpful content yeah there's a lot of super helpful content and it's a community as well because you know just like Instagram and Facebook there's people who follow you and you follow similar people and you have the comment sections and yeah it's it's a, it's a fun place and it's very addictive. And okay, there's another cool new project that you've had over this weird pandemic era. You are also the Gluevine Queen yeah. of Hamburg. <laughs> so yeah. what happened there? Yeah, so actually one thing I didn't mention because I don't spend so much time on it anymore, but I had a small travel blog called Travels by Testing. Actually, I was on a date this winter and there's not so many things you can do during the lockdown on a date. And um, we were like, hey, there's glue vine to go. And so we got a glue vine to go. And then I saw like another thing that said glue vine to go. And I was like, all of a sudden the content creator side of my mind was like, <laughs> this is actually fun and more people should do it. So then I posted in a Facebook group, a few Facebook groups and asked around the city, has anyone seen glue vine to go on other restaurants and bars? And then all these people gave me data and then they made this map. And then as I'm a TikToker, I was like, you know what? I'll use my TikTok platform to share this map. And so I made a cute little video being like, hey, I made a Gluevine map of Hamburg. And that went pretty viral pretty fast and had the link in my Instagram. And so then all of a sudden this map was getting shared and I could see how many views this map was getting. It just kept going up and up and up. And then I got emails and DMs from restaurants or cafes like, hey, can you please put me on the map? I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And then like other cultural magazines in Hamburg started like using it too for their content. So it really started getting spread. And now I think the map had 
over 25,000 views, just the map itself. And the videos I made have like over 30,000. And so I was on the radio, NDR, which is a radio station in Northern Germany. They interviewed me about the map. And then actually just yesterday, the map, there was a reporter who talked about how he used the map and how he went around Hamburg and how nice it was. But of course, now it's banned. So <laughs> yeah, wait, so this is also an important turn that happened. Like at the beginning, it was exactly it was like certain places are doing Glühwein to go. And it's really cool, but no one knows about it. So you were helpful in making it more known. But now it's banned. What? Yeah. And I mean, it's not it's not surprising, because my concept of the map was that people take Glühwein to go and he literally says on my blog, grab a Glühwein and go for a walk not grab a glue vine and hang out with six of your friends on the street and listen to a DJ. So some people took it too far. In some neighborhoods, oh, they took had a DJ playing on the streets because there's many bars that were selling glue vine to go. And it just got a bit out of hand. So it's, I'm really sad for all the cafes and businesses that now have to not offer this service anymore because honestly, it was really keeping some people alive. Not just the businesses, but also the people who enjoyed going out for a walk around the city and taking some blue vine to go with their one household or whatever the rule is. But good things don't always get to stay in this, which I've learned in the pandemic is that things change and you just have to let it go. So, but it was a nice claim to fame for a while there. And now I'm trying to think of new content to make um, that is similar to help that stays within the regulations and stuff. But yeah, it it was really, really fun while it lasted. Yeah, it's nice too to have this brief moment. It's it's not a Christmas market and that's also the point, right? Like it's not okay to have a Christmas market this year, but there's just something so special about meeting up with a friend and walking around in the cold with the glue vine and yeah, it was nice to have that for a moment. Did you try it in Freiburg? Was it also allowed? Well, okay, so you actually inspired me to go on a quest um, for exactly <laughs> the same reason was try it's it's really hard to do, find things to do on a date. So yeah, I was like, oh, Glühwein to go. I heard they have it in Hamburg. I heard it in other cities as well. But Freiburg, it was so hard to find anywhere that had it because exactly they don't advertise it because if they advertise it, too many people come. And then it gets out of control and then they have to shut it down. So I did end up finding one spot that had it and had a really nice time. But that spot actually closed down for Glühwein. And now they're talking about an alcohol ban um, (laughs) for the whole city. So yeah, yeah, and maybe even the whole country I've heard too. So yeah. Yeah, the one thing that was like, you know, those nice things that you really enjoyed about Germany was it was just so chill. You could just take a drink to go and drink in the park and like all those little things are being taken away from us. But it's for the better health of the public. I understand. And um, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So you mentioned breakup. So that's another thing we have in common. We moved for relationships that um, that ended up ending. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about what that experience was like for you. Yeah. So as I said, I was inspired by a man to move to Germany, like many women are, and a small percentage of men. Yeah, we were together. We lived together for four years in Hamburg. And yeah, it was like that little like perfect life for a long time you have like your German boyfriend and you live in Europe and you do all the nice European things together and you travel but actually the last year of the relationship in 2018 as I said I was very very busy with my job and him with his masters I was flying everywhere he had to study a lot so eventually the relationship kind of lost its spark and it ended and it was very heartbreaking for me because you really risk a lot moving to another country which I'm sure you can resonate with you move somewhere for one person and you give up a lot and then when it ends and 
not in the most nicest way it's like oh like it does not sit well and then you're just like okay well where to now you know I did go back to Canada briefly after relationship ended and I was like okay I'm gonna come home now but something in me was like no Hannah you've lived there you can do this by yourself and as much as it sucked I did come back and originally I was like I'll just stay for six months finish off my things at work and then you know then I'll go back to Canada but no and I was like no you are going to make a name for yourself because you know I, I always felt like oh I was just another woman who moved to Germany for a guy and there was really something in me it was like you know what no, I don't want to erase the relationship at all but I don't want that to be the reason I came and the reason I left so like eventually I would like to live in Canada again I don't know when but yeah it, it's been tough living in Germany alone but it's been a huge growing experience I never felt more of like a successful independent woman than I have now and I think I needed it at the same time so when you move to another country for someone you really use them as a crutch a lot of the time they do everything for you like figure out the bills like the wi-fi the your visas and stuff and you know speaking on the german on the phone for you and all those little things i never had to do and all of a sudden i was thrown into it like trying to call vodafone to set up your wi-fi in german like <laughs> oh god the worst <laughs> um or like dealing with uh, and Meldon, which is when you have to register and all the documents and your insurances and finding a flat by yourself as a single woman who's international with one salary in a big city where there's tons of competition for flats. Like it was all very stressful, but now I'm completely settled and have my own flat. Everything's fine. My Wi-Fi works. I have energy. Like I have food in my fridge. Like I, yeah. <laughs> It, it was tough, but I'm so happy I did it. And I've learned so much and completely changed in many ways, too. Did it change your perspective on Germany? Because I know for me, I, you know, when I made that move, it was important to me that I wasn't just doing it for him. I also sort of did something similar to how you're you're choosing to say your move was inspired by a man. I didn't like to say that I moved for a man. I like to say because of yeah but it was not it it was very important to me that it wasn't just for him like it needs to be for me as well but at the same time I mean I wouldn't have done it if we weren't together you know so yeah and it was just really tangled and through going through the breakup and choosing to stay I I felt a really strong sense of clarity that I was like no I was right I, I was here for me as much as I was also here for the relationship this was a choice I made for myself and it helped me see what I love about Germany even more clearly and like feel even more confident about my decision to be here so I'm wondering did you have anything similar like that yeah definitely like when I first moved to Germany I even remember telling my ex boyfriend like I know I came for you but I'm also here for me because I did my degree half of my degree in Cologne so it was kind of like for me to say yeah I came to Germany I did my degree and then I was like okay we're also good so I will stay so I had that you know that feeling that you know I wasn't completely for him and for love and I had opportunities here for myself I think if I had not found a good job I don't know if my time there would have been as successful or if the relationship perhaps would have ended earlier. So I'm just happy for how it went. And I thank him. Like he was a really good support system and a good person in the time we were dating. 
And yeah, he helped me a lot. And I would not be the way I am without that relationship. But also the breakup pushed me even further. And I would not be where I am without that breakup. So we can thank it as much as it hurts. Yeah. But <laughs> it, yeah. it, at the time when it happened, I would have been like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> but, <laughs> and now I've gotten over that, that pain of it all. And now I'm just, yeah, living life as best as I can. And dating, how is that going, especially as as a foreigner, as a Canadian in Hamburg? Yeah, I would say like after I went through a breakup with a German, I was like not really expecting, not really wanting to date German guys anymore because a lot of things of the whole relationship kind of turned me off. Um, you know, there's certain traits that some of them have that are just, you know, very German. And I didn't like that. I did briefly go back to dating a Canadian again, and <laughs> that was actually very refreshing um, because I realized, you know, how different North American guys are to German. But now I'm back in the German dating scene, <laughs> and <laughs> it's been interesting. I mean, Tinder in Germany is 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 quite funny. I'm sure you've had your experiences as well, but I've had. I've had a bit of luck the last month. I'm happy to date a German again, but I'm definitely dating someone who is not the same as my, you know, typical German. So we'll see where things go. <laughs> yeah, isn't it so funny to be in this situation where you're like trying different cultures on for size? It's like it's obviously you don't want to reduce any individual to their nationality or to their culture, but I kind of I know exactly what you mean where you're like oh, I don't want to date a German oh maybe I'll date a North American maybe I'm going to date oh maybe the solution is to date like another fellow foreigner but not from my country but also in this place and it's like <laughs> a whole new element to dating that I never expected to have to be looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I briefly dated uh, a Spanish guy and that was even diff like it was Spanish guy in Germany and that was different for me as well and I was like I kind of like the when you're dating someone who's also an expat because they have similar struggles to you, but at the same time, they're just as lost as you are here. <laughs> it's, it's nice to actually date someone from the country. Though I, I definitely find there's a marked difference in Germans who have some element of migration in their family history and those who don't. Um, I yeah. don't know, especially in, in like the Black Forest area, there's a lot of people who are from here. Their family has been from here forever. And so all of a sudden there's this American who's not from here and is really different. And it's just very confusing to them. <laughs> Whereas if there's like a German who's, you know, has got a parent from a different country or something or has lived abroad or something, there's there's definitely a, a difference. Yeah, I do try to, if I do date someone, it's very important that they have an outlook beyond Germany. What they like to travel or they can see themselves living in other places because I had an issue actually in Hamburg with guys that are just like, they would get scared because they're just like, oh, you're Canadian and you live in Germany and but you want to leave? I'm like, yeah, someday I might leave. They're like, oh, but I don't want to leave. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, then how shall this well, work then? <laughs> you know, yeah. like I'm not saying I'm going to like, take you to Canada next week and make you leave your family. But like, like they're all just like, you would want me to leave. I would have to leave Hamburg, but Hamburg's the best place in the world. It's such a specific mindset that I found here where if you go on a first date, 
I don't feel like the German in the equation is coming into it being like, oh, do I feel a spark or or, or, our interests clicking and we're really vibing? It's not really about that for them. It's like an interview about your life and where you're going. And then they take that information and they compare it to where they want to go in life. And then they make the decision if they want to see you again or not based on if that aligns or not. Whereas for me in a, as a North American, it's like, no, you go on a date, you you start to feel like these little love feelings and then you believe anything's possible. As long as you are in love, you can make anything work. And so you're not thinking about these logistics as much as you probably should be. But then on yeah. the other hand, in Germany, it's like only logistics. And I'm like, but dude, if we're having a nice time, like what you're <laughs> saying, like it's like, I'm not going to make you move to Canada tomorrow, but like that doesn't mean we need to never talk again. I'm 30. So like when you're dating, it's much more professionally. And then you add in the pandemic and also dating foreigners, it gets quite complicated. So <laughs> you yeah. have to make sure to ask the right questions. But yeah. I'm more of like a, a heart feeling when I go into it, not so much the brain and logistics. Another thing that I think is kind of nice about this whole situation of going through a breakup and, and like starting to date again in this new country is it makes me so much more aware of my culture and my identity. And I've gone through a whole journey of like trying to embrace the fact that I'm not German and that I can't be German no matter how hard I try. And yeah. So- I went through a little bit of like showing up to dates, only speaking German and like really trying to force that. At some point I was like, well, but that's not me. Like that's not who I am. And so it's given me a new chance to really find this bicultural identity that, you know, when when you're living here long term, you're not just an American or a Canadian living in Germany. Like you, the German part becomes part of your identity too. I love that the German things, you know, like for me going to the bakery in the morning on a Saturday and getting like the fresh brochen bread and, you know, coming home, like that's so nice and something no one does in Canada, but I am in love with it. So like those little, those little precious things, like you're just kind of in you now and in, in any situation, like with my work or dating or with friends, like I just try to be myself wholeheartedly. And I know that I'm a mix of many cultures now and in German and Canadian and a mix of all my friends, which is it's a very international group of friends. And I just embrace it as, as much as I can. <laughs> so you mentioned visiting home. You're home right now. Yes, I'm home right now. I took the big risk and got on a flight to a high risk zone to another high risk zone. I even though Germany considers Canada a high-risk zone. It's a very large country, and the cities are high-risk, but not where I am. I'm in the woods in the middle of British Columbia right now. Um, But I'm on my 12th day of quarantining, because when you go back to Canada, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Doesn't matter if you've taken a test or not. Doesn't matter where you came from. It's two weeks quarantine. So I've been in my mom's and my mom's partner's basement suite, which is quite nice. It's beautiful there's trees outside there's a hot tub and my mom brings me food um i spend time outside with my mom because we're not supposed we're supposed to keep the distance and stuff but it's been it's been a long time and i'm also working at 5 a.m to 9 a.m because i'm working part-time right now i have to be online when my colleagues are online so it's been difficult i'm going to bed at like 8 p.m every night but as there's nothing really to do anyways going to sleep at eight is fine (laughs) Well, and it's good to hear how how seriously Canada's taking it and all the restrictions. Like, I'm sure it's annoying, but it's comforting to know that you're doing it in the most safe way possible. And gosh, that hug from your mom's going to feel so good in just a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, my mom's really looking forward to it. And she's like, just two more days. And she's planned like a whole 
day together on Sunday. We're going to go to a restaurant and COVID safe activities, of course, but um, I'm really looking forward. But actually, Canada has a new travel restriction and they actually have restricted the whole province to just one household and no traveling. So I had a plan to like see my friends, possibly see my brother. I'm going to find a way to see my dad. I haven't seen him in two years, but like, yeah, I didn't think I was going to be here in the middle of the woods for six weeks, but it looks like <laughs> that's going to be the plan. <laughs> Do you have to quarantine when you get back to Germany too? As of now, yes, 10 days. Um, that was not the case when I booked my flights. And then when I left, it was still that you could, uh, after five days, take a test. And then if it's, if it's negative, then you could be free. But now you have to pay for that test. So it's like all complicated. So it looks like I'll be spending a bunch of time by myself when I return as well. So, you know, I've really, as I live alone the past two years, especially in the pandemic, really gotten used to just being alone. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's what's made me so successful in all of my side things because I'm not someone who can binge watch Netflix. Like I don't have the attention base for that. And I'm like, feel like I should always be doing something. So um, it's really, it's helped in some ways. Yeah. I'm a busy person. I socialize a lot. I have lots always going on. But yeah, this pandemic has really made me more productive in many other ways, but also like right now, the last two weeks, I haven't done that much. And it's been weird for me just to do nothing. But at the same time, it's been nice. <laughs> well, and it's nice as someone who is not you, it is very nice what you've done with this extra time in the pandemic, like your TikTok and like the Gluevine map and all of your great content. So I mean, it's really awesome that you're taking all of these challenges and turning it into something so productive. And as someone on the other side, really enjoying it. And oh, thank, thank you, you for all that hard work. <laughs> with that, we're going to round the corner and head to home and get to the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are yes. you ready? Yes. Sex, sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When you were on the flight over to Canada, what was the one food that you were daydreaming about eating as soon as you got there? Um, pierogies. <laughs> <laughs> so in North America, pierogies in the frozen section are so good. And my mom always fries them with butter and onions and cheese. And yeah, you can't find that kind of pierogies in Germany. So actually, it's the first thing she made for me. Sounds delicious. And same question, other way around. You won't be back in Germany for a little bit. But when you do get back there, what is the first thing that you're going to be looking forward to eating once you land back in Hamburg? Um, probably gonna go to the Etika, the grocery store in the airport and get like a broken sandwich just because I'm gonna be dead. And I know you said you don't binge watch a lot of TV, but I imagine with time in quarantine, you've been flipping through the channels, finding some stuff to entertain yourself. So what's the funniest thing that you've watched during your quarantine? Uh, the last week I've been watching Shit's Creek. It's on yeah. Netflix. <laughs> and I watched it a bit before, but I've actually really gone into it. And I think it's hilarious. Also, it's a Canadian show, Canadian actors. And it's just, it's, I kind of relate to it because kind of like these people kind of being put in a new situation and having to integrate. I mean, they're like bougie people being put into like a small town. But as I'm like from a small Canadian town, I kind of really relate with some of the content. Also feeling kind of like an outsider now. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. I can't believe that you just put this comparison between Schitt's Creek and like this whole expat life you're living, but it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I love that. 
As you mentioned, you have so many awesome projects going on. So where can people find you to connect with you and follow along in all of the fun? Yeah, so my Instagram is probably the main connector of everything that's Travels by Teslin. Um, and then my TikTok is Hannah Teslin. That's where I'm posting a lot of stuff. And my blog is also Travels by Teslin, T-E-S-L-I-N. Perfect. We will link to that in the show notes. I'm, I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you. I'm so glad you're in quarantine and could have the time to come talk to me. It was such a blast. And I look forward to one day in the future, once Corona is a thing of the past, I can come on up to Hamburg. We can hang out and you can show me all around this awesome town. Yes. And introduce you to some bomb ass single ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need them. Give me them. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank you so much. Bye. Thanks one more time to Hannah for coming onto the show. It was such a blast getting to talk to you. Listeners, if you want to follow Hannah, if you're not already, I've linked to it all in the show notes. She is cranking out these hilarious, super fun TikToks and posting them to Instagram too. She is definitely worth a follow. And while you're at it, if you're not already following me, you can go ahead and do so on Instagram and on Twitter at The ExpatCast. You can visit me online at TheExpatCast.com. And if you have any thoughts to share or anything you want to communicate with me, you can use the contact form on the website. I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo, and I want to thank SideHug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week, we'll be back in your feeds with another episode that just rocks my world. I got to interview one of my personal expat heroes, the author Adam Fletcher. If you don't already subscribe to the show, go ahead and hit subscribe because you're not going to want to miss that one. Until then, have a wonderful week. I hope you guys are having a great start to 2021. This done. Tschüss.